Welcome, everyone. This is Orphan Entertainment, the podcast dedicated to public domain media. This month, we had something else scheduled, but like I said on our Facebook group, a life emergency kept Liddy and I from getting together. So, radio shows. Yeah, you guys know I love the radio shows, uh, especially from the 30s and 40s. The comedies are a blast, with the comedic antics of Abbott and Costello, Fibber McGee, George Burns, and the like. My favorites are the mysteries and the suspenseful dramas. The last time I shared with you a few stories from The Whistler. This time I thought I'd give you a couple of episodes from the show that helped inspire The Whistler. And for that matter, another famous crime fighter who cast a very bat-like shadow over his beloved Gotham. Before we get into that, though, let me just remind everybody that you can find our shows on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. And we, like I mentioned before, we have a Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash Orphan Entertainment. And I'd love to see you guys come on over that way and joining our little group and starting some discussions and joining some of the discussions that are already there. And we have a YouTube channel which you can uh, just go to YouTube and search for Orphan Entertainment. And there you can see many of the, many if not all, actually, of our movies and television shows that we have covered over the last couple of years. We've had a lot of great activity over on that uh, YouTube channel, and I really appreciate it. If any of you have come over from the channel and have decided to listen to the podcast, I greatly appreciate it and welcome. For everyone else that hasn't seen the YouTube channel like to watch some of these shows, well, you've probably already seen him because you listen to the podcast. Never mind. Anyway, we'll take a little break, play a promo here, and when we come back, we'll get into this month's show. I wish there was a podcast I could listen to every day to keep up with the geeky world. Someplace I could find out about news, movies, comics, and video games. All that available every single day. There's no way a podcast could do it. I guess I'm just a dreamer. Hey, geek! Wake up! Geek Radio Daily is the podcast of your dreams. Go to geekradiodaily.com. Subscribe through iTunes or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Geek Radio Daily provides your daily dose of geek, comics, movies, video games, news, and more. It's all the geek without the wait. Okay, hey, welcome back. So in the early 1930s, uh, Street and Smith Publications hired a David Chrisman and Bill Sweets to adapt the uh, pulp publication Detective Story magazine to a radio format. Well, Chrisman and Sweets felt the program should be introduced by a mysterious storyteller. Well, a young scriptwriter, uh, a Harry Charlotte, suggested the name of The Shadow. So The Shadow premiered over CBS Airwaves on July 31, 1930. The narrator was first voiced by James Licurdo, but became a national sensation when radio veteran Frank Reddick Jr. assumed the role and gave it a haunting quality that thrilled radio listeners. After gaining popularity among the show's listeners, the narrator became the star of the pulp magazine The Shadow on April 1st, 1931. Now in print, The Shadow's real name is Kent Allard, and he was a famed aviator who fought for the French uh, during World War I. He became known by the alias The Black Eagle, although later stories revise his alias as The Dark Eagle. Uh, after the war, Allard finds a new challenge in waging war on criminals. Allard fakes his death in the South American jungles, then returns to the United States, arriving in New York City, and he adopts numerous identities to conceal his existence. One of these identities, the best known, is that of Lamont Cranston, a quote-unquote wealthy young man about town. In the pulps, Cranston is a separate character. Allard frequently disguises himself as Cranston and adopts his identity. So, in September 26, 1937, the official radio drama with a young 22-year-old Orson Welles, starring as Lamont Cranston, makes its debut. The Shadow radio drama premiered with the story, The Death House Rescue, in which the Shadow was characterized as having, quote-unquote, the power to cloud men's minds so they cannot see him. In the radio drama, the Allard's secret identity was dropped for simplicity's sake, so the Shadow was only Lamont Cranston. Once The Shadow began this half-hour series on Sunday evenings, the program did not leave the air until December of 1954. first show I have for you is one of the Orson Welles-voiced episodes. Now keep in mind, Mr. Welles was just a young 22-year-old actor like many others, and he was several months away from becoming the famous, or infamous, radio personality that would frighten America with a tale of Martian invaders. Starting alongside him as Lamont Cranston's friend and confidant, Margot Lane, is Agnes Moorhead. And Mrs. Moorhead starred in many, many radio shows, as well as many television programs, uh, most famously as Endora in Bewitched. 
and appeared in several films, including Orson Welles' Citizen Kane. In this story, the shadow investigates a crime wave taking place in a particular neighborhood with a mystery beneath its foundations. For May 29, 1938, The Creeper. <laughs> Who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men? <laughs> Shadow's latest adventure starts in just a moment. Right now, I want to tell you about a new kind of tire that will stop you quicker, safer on wet, slippery roads than you've ever stopped before. It's the new Goodrich Safety Silver Town with the amazing lifesaver tread that actually dries wet roads. Impartial tests made by the independent Pittsburgh Testing Laboratory prove this fact beyond dispute. Not one of the regular opinion price tires of America's six largest tire manufacturers came up to the new Goodrich Silvertown in resistance to skid. These exhaustive tests also prove that the new Silvertown averaged 19.1% more non-skid mileage than any other tire tested in its own price range, which means you get every six mile free. Equip your car with Goodrich Safety Silvertown. Then you'll know what it means to be saved by a Silvertown stop. Shadow, Lamont Cranston, a man of wealth, a student of science, and a master of other people's minds, devotes his life to righting wrongs, protecting the innocent, and punishing the guilty. Using advanced methods that may ultimately become available to all law enforcement agencies, Cranston is known to the underworld as the Shadow. Never seen, only heard, as haunting to superstitious minds as a ghost, as inevitable as a guilty conscience. The Shadow's true identity is known only to his constant friend and aide, Margot Lane. Today's story, The Creeper. Mother, is that you? Is the storm frightening you? Mother! Quiet. I won't hurt you. I'm just going to take you away. Away where nobody will ever find you. Nobody will ever find you. <laughs> and you won't be lonely. There are other fine young ladies like yourself for I'm taking you. They were rich and beautiful too. One. <laughs> one. One. <laughs> Lamont, forgive me for making you rush over here to my apartment at this time in the morning. I've just learned that something's happened to one of my dearest friends, Edith Day. Edith Day? I remember her, Margot. Came out two seasons ago. Isn't she that beautiful little dark-haired girl I know as the Allenders? Yes, that's the one, Lamont. Her mother just phoned me. She's frantic, terrified. Now, Margot, supposing you compose yourself and tell me exactly what's wrong. Just as Margot Lane, my assistant in criminal investigation, would do is with someone who... Meant nothing to you. This is such a shock, Lamont. Edith missing. Missing? Yes, she disappeared from her bedroom last night. There was time for a struggle. Where's the house located? In the Nathair district. Five block section where all those recent robberies have occurred? Yes, and two murders and five other disappearances. That's right, but the paper said every block is a private guard and the finest burglar alarms have been installed in all the houses. But Lamont, terrible people just disappearing into thin air without, without a trace, without any clue as to what's happened to them. Something awful must have happened to Edith. No ransom note? No, nothing. Police are there, of course. Oh, yes, swarming all over the house. Commissioner Weston himself is conducting the inquiry. Mrs. Day asked me to come over here and stay with her, but I, I want to talk to you first. Oh, poor Edith. Police must have searched the house, I suppose. 
just talked about him. He might have been carried across the rooftop. No. The door to the roof was bolted and locked on the inside. It's equipped with a burglar alarm, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You go ahead and console Mrs. Day, Margot. I was hoping you'd come with me. Not at the moment, Margot. But it's, it's a case for you as the shadow. Yes, Margot. The shadow will take a hand in this game of violence. Death. Absolutely certain your daughter did not leave the house after midnight? Yes. Yes, Commissioner Weston, you asked me that before. Yes, I know. I'm sorry, but... Come in. Callahan, the watchman said, Commissioner. Oh, have him come in. Morning, Commissioner. Callahan, your report shows you tried all the doors of this house every hour on the hour last night. Uh, that's right. They were okay. They were all locked. And nobody could have opened the door or a window in this house. Without setting off the burglar alarm in your agency's central office? Yeah, yes, that's right, sir. Then Mr. Day must still be in this house. Sergeant. Yes, sir? Have your men made a complete search all through the house? Oh, yes, Commissioner, from top to bottom. But ain't the place we haven't looked with our butt. I mean, where Mr. Day, though? <laughs> My poor baby. Oh, he doesn't. He doesn't. <laughs> Hello? Hello? Century Moving Company. This is Mrs. Claremont. I'm moving out of the Mayfair district. Yes. I want a van today. Yes, I'm moving to a hotel. I won't spend another night in this section. I'm sorry, Mrs. Spence, but I'm giving notice. I've been your butler for ten years, but also the things that have happened to Mrs. Mayfair. Jake. About that Mayfair crime wave story. Make it hot. Pour it into Commissioner Weston. Let's the unsolved crime. Soon on dead. Six persons missing without a trace. Command action. Results clear it all over the front page. Go to town on it. Oh, there you are, Margaret. Lamont, what on earth are you doing here in the public library? I'm discovering things about this fair city of ours that I never knew before, Margot. I don't understand, Lamont. I'm trying to find Edith Day, Margot. It may seem a very roundabout way, but the police and the private detective agencies have proven a futility of direct methods. Then you have discovered something. Oh, Lamont, what is it? Why did you come here to the public library? Because I wanted to look up some old maps and records of the city. But why? What could that possibly have to do with Edith's disappearance? I'm not sure, Margot, but it may have everything to do with it. I'll show you something that may surprise you. Lamont, what are you driving at? That's just an old map. Exactly, Margot, an engineering map, a plan of the proposed water conduit. Surveyed and laid out in the year 1896. But Lamont... Wait, Margot, I'll explain. This plan calls for a 12-foot water main from the West Park Reservoir to the Central District. A distance of a mile and a half. Mm. Margot, one mile of that water conduit was built. Then the Spanish-American War came along and the project was abandoned. It was sealed up. It's all here in the old city records. In some way, the whole project became lost in the tangles of official red tape and forgotten. What are you driving at? I still can't see what this has to do with... I'll show you in just a minute. Yeah. Here's a rough sketch of the Mayfair district, Margot, on tissue paper. I've marked the location of every house in that district where a murder, robbery, or abduction has taken place in the last two months. Here. Place it over this old map. Now, Look. What happened? Oh, why, Lamont, every one of those houses is located directly over that old abandoned water main. Yes, Margot, and unless I'm badly mistaken, that is the answer to the disappearance of Edith Day, and it'll lead us to the solution of this crime wave in the Mayfair district. Lamont, that water main must be way down underground. The police searched the basements of those houses. There'd have to be an entrance big enough for a man to get through. I believe there is, Margot. It's the only possible answer. In every one of these crimes, the story's been the same. No one was seen going into the houses. No one was seen going out. The burglar alarms were intact, yet people vanished. Oh, Lamont, only you're right. If there's still some chance Edith and those other poor people are still alive, down there in that abandoned hole in the earth, but who could do a thing like that, and why would they do it? Must be the work of a monster, Margot. I checked up on the things that were stolen, the other crimes. Richly upholstered furniture, tapestries, paintings. Never any money or jewelry. Things you would ordinarily expect a thief to take. Good heavens, Lamont. You think someone's taken those things down into that black hole? Yes, and he's taken something else that is doubly significant. Food. Storerooms have been stripped. Case after case of canned goods has been carried away, Margot. Food enough for a dozen people. And if more than anything else convinces me that the people who have vanished are still alive somewhere down there in a labyrinth of tunnels carved out of solid rock. Oh, Lamont, if only you're right. There's only some way we can get down there. I believe there is. I believe there is a way. A way the shadow can get down there with your help. I'll do anything. Anything. You know that, Margot. Margot, I want you to go straight from here to Mrs. Day's. 
I want you to stay there tonight. But what about you? Where will you be? Can't I do something to help? Later, Margaret, but don't worry. You walk through the door of the Bay Mansion, the shadow will be with you. I'm sure that somewhere the wall, the floor, the basement of that house will yield the answer to this ghastly riddle. Something down there in the cellar. Sort of a tapping sound. Oh, don't go down there, Henry. Don't do it, I tell you. Henry, this house has given me the case. I won't work yet another day. I'm giving notice to Mrs. Day in the morning. She'll have to get another maid. Yes, you're right. I don't hear nothing now. Maybe it was just imagining things after what happened last night. I'm a butler, not a detective. Mrs. Day insists on staying in this house. I'm leaving her service, too. Oh, shut the door, Henry. I can't stand to look through that door still. It's just a You don't know how much it means to me to have you stay here. All my friends want me to leave this house, but I can't. I can't. And the servants, they're afraid. I'm sure they'll leave tomorrow. I'm glad I could be with you, Mrs. Day. But now, don't think any more about it, please. Try, try to get some rest. You're exhausted. Well, I'll try, Margot, but I'm afraid I can't rest. All I can do is think, oh, think of what's happened and... What may be happening to Edith? Oh, my poor darling. Oh, it's so awful, Margot. Not to know. What's that, Mrs. Day? Oh, the house phone in the hall, Margot. Will you answer? Yes, yes, I'll answer right away. Try to get some rest, Mrs. Day, Hello? Hello? Margot? Margot? Yes, I'm on. You come down to the basement immediately. Try to get here without being seen. The servants have gone to bed. Hurry. Hurry, Margot. Come on, it's Margot. Where are you? Right here, Margot. Be quiet as you can. I've turned on my flashlight. What have you found? Come over here a minute. Look, that stone slab. Then you were right, Lamont. This is how Edith was carried away, down through that hole. But how in the world did you get the slab up? For quite a while, I found an iron bar. Be careful. Don't get too close to that hole, Margot. There's no telling how deep it is. Lamont, now, now what are we going to do? Have we better notify the police? No, Margot. Calling the police now might mean the death of every one of his victims, if they're still alive. But suppose whoever's doing this heard you tapping down here, heard you lifting the stone. Suppose he's waiting for you down there in the dark somewhere. Oh, I've got to risk that. Well, how will you get down? There's no ladder. There's a heavy clothesline in the laundry room. The other end of the cell I noticed it when I was examining the walls in there. I'll get it. All right, but I wish you had... Oh. Ladies and gentlemen, before the shadow's exciting adventure continues, I have a word about auto trips. Because there are so many motorists who risk life and limb without knowing it. Yes, the shadow knows. Many a motorist rushes through the rain, puts himself in real danger of skidding, spinning, swerving on wet roads, can't stop quick, can't stop short, can't control his car. Many a motorist faces a death dealing, accident dealing, blowout. Why should you risk your life through skid or blowout? When today, without paying a cent extra, you can get life-saving protection against both of these hazards. Yes, motorists, the new kind of tire. The new Goodrich Safety Silvertown with its lifesaver tread grips dry roads, dries wet roads, overcomes the hazard zone of motoring where a slippery film of water on the road may make complete control of your car almost impossible. This means that you stop quicker, safer than you've ever stopped before. And the exclusive Golden Fly gives you real protection against dangerous high-speed blowouts. The new Goodrich Silvertown is the safest thing on wheels. It's here to save your life. Yes, save your life at no extra cost. Don't forget, your car and everyone in it will be safer if you ride on Goodrich Safety Silvertown. 
hear that? Yes. Yes, do you know what it means? The creeper is bringing you another victim to keep us company in this living tomb. There was only something we could do. We could only get these chains off. No, no, no use. We're helpless. Dr. Conrad, do you think there's any chance, any hope? We mustn't give up hope, Miss Day. Sooner or later, the police will trap the creeper. Find the tunnel. Good police. Listen, all of you. Some of you have been here a day, a week, two weeks. I've been here two months. Nothing but the creeper and rats for company. Shamed like an animal half-stop. I thought the police would find me. I had hoped too, but now I know. We'll die here. We'll never get out, ever. Never, never get out. Never, never get out. Never. 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 Heaven help us if someone doesn't get us out of here soon. <laughs> now, so you'll find out how I catch all the fine, beautiful ladies and bring them down here. Wait, you don't have to put those chains on me. I won't try to get away. Nobody gets away. Nobody ever gets away. Nobody knows about this old tunnel. I found it long ago. How... How long have you lived down here? Who are you? Why have you crawled up into people's homes and dragged them down here? What have you done with them? You, you haven't killed them, have you? No. Only one. And because he wouldn't talk to me, always kept trying to get away. I killed him so he wouldn't run away. But then there was no one to talk to. I got lonely. That was long, long ago. But the others, and need to say, the girl you carried away last night, where are they? Oh, you'll see them. Real soon. <laughs> it's not far from here down the tunnel. A great wide place in the tunnel. It's like a big room. You, you shall see. Wait. Uh, let me rest here a minute, Morn. Then I'll go with you. No, 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 you don't. You, you come now. Let go. Let go of me. Let me tell you something. How do you know someone else will find your hiding place just as I did? Hadn't you better go up and shout and blow that stone? No, 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 you come now. You're trying to trick me. I'll come back and fix that when I change you up with the rest of them. Maybe too late. Someone knows I'm here. He was in the basement when you pulled me down here. Well, let him come. I'm not afraid of any man. All men are afraid of me. <laughs> I make them afraid. I make them my slaves. They call me the creeper. Creeper. <laughs> As a creeper, and all men fear you. Who was that? Who was that? I heard laughter. A voice. Yes, the laughter and voice of the shadow. But uh, there's no one here. I see no one, and yet I. Someone is here. Someone you can't see. Someone who's not afraid of you. You're hearing the shadow. Shadow. But shadows do not laugh. They do not speak. Oh, no. For years I have lived among shadows in the darkness. Your crimes have found you out, Creeper. The voice of a man. Why can't I see him? There's no place he can hide, not here. I am here, close to you, Creeper. Even by the yellow light of your lantern, you cannot see me. Because I have the power to cast a shadow across your mind. A veil across your eyes. No! No! Like a dream... Like the dreams I used to have when I lived down here alone. I... I used to pretend. I used to talk to people. Pretend they talked to me. No, Creeper. Those others who spoke to you were fantastic creatures of your imagination. I am here. Watch how close you. <laughs> See? I was close enough to snatch that chain from your hand and throw it away. But now... Now you are going to lead me to your other victims. Margo, get back. Get away. No, no. No, no, no. Keep away from me. Keep away or I'll kill you. Is that the gun you used to kill Haggerty, the night watchman, Creeper? Yes. Yes. He, he almost caught me. Yes. Yes, I killed him. I killed him. And I'll kill you. Why don't you try? Why don't you shoot, Creeper? Oh, if I could only see you, I... Uh, <laughs> 
No, no, no. No, that doesn't matter. There's a better way. I can see the girl. Keep away from me, Shadow. You keep away or I'll shoot her. You'll never have the chance. That's all me. You'll never take me. Never. <laughs> I told you. I told you I'd give her. I told you, Joe. Run, Margo. Oh, the fool I left to expose you to this. Did you get away? No. I knocked him out, but not quite soon enough. Did he shoot you? Nothing, Mama. Nothing. Well, it hit my shoulder. Only a fresh wound. I'll be all right. Find me to stay in the other Come on. Get him out of here. No, Margo. That can wait. I... Something's full of blood. I'm all right. Let me get up. No, no, no. I'm trying to get up. Let's go. Don't I get this handkerchief? Get in, Margo. I just hide. Best we can do it. I get you to the doctor there. Yeah. I've got to find some way of getting you back up that shaft. No, please, Lamont. It's only a flesh wound, I tell you. The bleeding's almost stopped up. I'll be all right. Just leave me here and go help the others. Lamont! What? The creeper. The man's still there. Yes. He's gone. You said good. Listen, I, I thought I'd knock him out. You've got to go after him. Now that he knows someone's found his hiding place, you'll kill Edith. He'll kill all the people he's got down here. I'm afraid you're right, Margo. I hate to leave you here like this. Mark, go on, please. I'm all right. I'll try to find a way to get up the shop and notify the police. All right, Margo. You think you can, there's a ladder, but be careful. It's old and rough, and some of the runs are gone. I'll get out. I'll get help, but it may be too late unless you can find the creeper and stop him from murdering those poor people he's dragged down into this awful sea. I could only be sure which way he went. He's going to take me that way, down the tunnel. Hurry, Lamont. Hurry. Take the lantern. All right, Margot, but get out of here if you can. Notify the police. Tell them the creeper shot you. Tell them you saw him escape down here through the cellar, but don't come back down here, Margot. There's no telling what may happen, what this fiend may do. Something's happened to say. Maybe, maybe the police have found this horrible place at last. His face bleeding. His eyes horrible. Big chained up like this. Like animals. Well, help me. If the police are coming, he'll kill us. I know he will. Wait, wait. wait. He's going to that chair. He calls it throne. What did he say? Don't know. Why is he standing here? Turn this way. Something's happened all night. I'm afraid something worse is going to happen. Oh, nothing could be worse than this. Why don't you get it over with? Oh, don't you kill us and be done with it? Yes. Why don't I? Why don't I kill all of you? That's it. That's it. And you won't be able to take me away from my castle in the earth. So easy. <laughs> I have the dynamite. And it's all ready. All I have to do is light the fuse. That's it. That's it. That'll seal the tunnel. And we'll all die. Get 
but I am by the sound of my voice. What? Yes! <laughs> you're caught! You're caught, Shadow! With you out of the way, no one else knows except that girl. And I killed her! She can't tell! And I'll be safe! I'll be safe! <laughs> Yes, Margot, I know. I've read the papers. They gave the shadow a very fine history, though. But, Lamont, so what really happened? Well, when the police got there, Edith Day and Mr. Conrad and the others told them the shadow arrived just as the creeper was going to dynamite the place and kill them all. They said the shadow tricked the creeper into following him down the tunnel away from the others so they wouldn't be killed. And then there was an explosion. They said the creeper and the shadow were blown to pieces. Do I look blown to pieces, Margot? The old, old trick of voice projection, Margot. Ventriloquism. Easy in that tunnel. The creeper followed my voice, hurled the dynamite where he thought my voice was coming from. Ahead of him. All the time I was behind him. Far enough behind him to be safe. Oh, I'm glad. Oh, I'm so glad, Lamont. I was afraid that this time was true, that the shadow was dead. No, Margot. As Mark Twain once said, the report of my death has been grossly exaggerated. The shadow is still alive. Very much alive as the criminal world has discovered to its sorrow. You have been listening to a dramatized version of one of the many copyrighted stories which appear in the Shadow magazine. <laughs> the weed of crime bears bitter fruit. Crime does not pay. The shadow knows. <laughs> All the characters and all the places named are fictitious. Any similarity to persons living or dead is purely coincidental. Fun, fun story. I'd rate this one a solid three Othals, I think. The Creeper, the actual Creeper, I think steals the show on this one. Very dark and completely insane. And that is a great segue into the next story. This one stars the next actor to take the mantle of the shadow, Bill Johnstone, and a new actress for Margot Lane as well, Marjorie Anderson. Now, no defense to Agnes Moorhead, but I actually prefer Miss Anderson. And honestly, I like Johnstone as well. Orson Welles has a great presence, but I'm not sure it was right for the dual character of Cranston in the shadow. This story has another dark and disturbing villain, Showing once again how influ influential a good story can be, his unique method of dis dispatching his enemies is now very recognizable as the calling card of one Joker. Yes, that Joker. Batman's arch nemesis will make his debut several months after this program originally aired. From March 10th, 1940, The Laughing Corpse. <laughs> again, your neighborhood blue coal dealer brings you the thrilling adventures of the shadow, the hard and relentless fight of one man against the forces of evil. These dramatizations are designed to demonstrate forcefully to old and young alike that crime does not pay. There is enough anthracite for all the lucky householders whose homes are heated with hard coal. These homes are enjoying healthful warmth in every room. 
Even though winter winds blow, there is no need to cut down heat or close off rooms in homes heated with dependable hard coal. Yes, sir. When you have a supply of hard coal in your basement, you're the boss of heating your house. You are absolutely independent of any outside service. Be glad you heat with anthracite, the home heating fuel that never fails. And remember, blue coal is the finest anthracite money can buy. The Shadow, mysterious character who aids the forces of law and order, is in reality Lamont Cranston, wealthy young man about town. The Shadow uses his hypnotic power to cloud men's minds so that they cannot see him. Cranston's friend and companion, the lovely Margot Lane, is the only person who knows to whom the voice of the shadow belongs. Today's story, The Laughing Court. So when I see you come into the bar, I says to myself, there's a nice guy, I says. I'm a very keen judge of character. Yes, sir. So when you offer to buy me a drink, I accept. Uh, say, by the way, mister, you ain't told me your name. Uh, what kind of a place is this you took me to? Looks like a lab or something. <laughs> you know what I enjoyed? When we got into the taxi cab. Yeah, I sure enjoyed that. Driver, take us to 31 Blackwell Place. 31 Blackwell Place. <laughs> Gee, it's been a long time since I had a taxi ride. 31 Blackwell Place, just like that. Uh, so it's nice of you to bring me here. I've been sleeping in the park for, gosh. Say, uh, what did you mean when you said we was going to conduct a little experiment? What did you mean, huh? Why aren't you talking to me? You ain't sore, are you? Well, don't talk if you don't want to. I don't care. <laughs> what are you making in those test tubes? What kind of stuff are you making? Say, why are you looking at me like that? What have I done? Don't look at me like that. Hey, don't come any closer. I'm getting out of here. I'm getting out of here. Block. Please, let me out of here. Let me out. What are you going to do with me? Go away. Go away, man. Hey, let go of my arm. enjoy this lovely cab drive with you, but uh, will you tell me where I'm going at this hour of the night? Well, Lamont, if you knew, you'd get angry. And not knowing makes me angrier. Shrevey. Yes, sir? Do you know where you're driving us to? Uh, let me see now. Uh, uh, what was the number of that place again, Miss Lane? What was it? 31 Brackville Place, Shrevey. Oh, yeah, yeah. 31 Brackville Place. Oh, I'm such a stupid. We've been there twice today, and all the time I keep forgetting the number. I gotta get a new memory system I gotta get. What was the old memory system, Shrevey? Oh, the old one was easy. You see, like, take for instance... Uh, where, which way are you going, Shrevey? Oh, excuse me. Uh, you take, for instance, the digits three and one, which is the place we're going to now. I hooked the three up with my kid, which is three years old, and the one I remember is by thinking how in one year he's gonna be four. <laughs> Simple, ain't it? <laughs> Elementary. How could you possibly have forgotten the address for that system, Shrevey? You know how? I got myself all mixed up with my other kid, which is six. Oh, I'm such a stupid. <laughs> Shrevey, I feel just as stupid as you do. I still don't know where we're going and why we're going to this place at 11.30 at night. Well, if you wait till tomorrow, the apartment may be ready. Shrevey, now you've given it all away. Margot. Are you taking me apartment hunting at this hour? You know I hate that. Oh, but Lamont, don't you see? I wouldn't take it unless you thought it was all right. I know, but... You know how I value your opinion. Well, why didn't you tell me sooner? Well, I wanted to surprise you. <laughs> okay, I'm hooked. <laughs> <laughs> what are you laughing about, Shrevey? Well, I was just thinking, Mr. Cranston. I was thinking how dames could twist guys right around their little fingers. They could twist them. Uh, that'll be about all from you, Shrevey. Don't talk so much. Yes, sir. All right for you, Mr. Cranston. You're pretty jumpy tonight, Lamont. What's the matter? Oh, nothing, Margot. I'm just bored, that's uh, all. I know. You haven't had any to keep you busy. No criminals tracked down. That's good. Uh, Shrevey, why'd you stop? Shrevey! 
tree, but why don't you answer? Mr. Cranston said I shouldn't talk, I shouldn't, so I ain't. <laughs> now, you see what you've done, Lamont? You've hurt Shrevey's feelings. Oh, I'm sorry, Shrevey. I'm in a bad humor tonight. Ah, no, you ain't, Mr. Cranston. Oh, yes, I am. Oh, here we are. This is the building, 31 Brackwell Place. Yeah, yeah, it's 31 Brackwell Place. That's why I stopped, 31 Brackwell Place. Uh, wait for it, Shrevey. Okay, Come on, up this line steps, Mark. All right. This certainly is a weird-looking place. Well, that's just because it's dark. Looks all right in the daylight. Yeah. Ring the superintendent's bell, will you, Mark? Yes, ma'am. All right. Uh, Margo, uh, won't he be angry at our disturbing him at this hour? Oh, no. He told me I could come back tonight to look at the apartment. Oh. Well, what's so exceptional about this apartment, Margo? Oh, Lamont, it has these high, old-fashioned ceilings and the most glorious view of the river. Well, uh, well, what do you want? Oh, you remember me. I'm Margo Lane. I put a deposit down on one of the apartments here. So what? No, he won't be angry. Well, you said I could come back tonight to look at it. I said you could come back this evening. It's 11.30 now, young lady. You got me out of bed. Well, what did I tell you, Margo? Oh, please, Mr. Um... My name is Lascom. Please, Mr. Lascom. I, I know it's very inconsiderate to bother you at this hour, but couldn't we please see the apartment? Oh, well, come in. Thanks. Down the end of this hall. Um, aren't there any lights? The bulb just burned out this evening. Oh, I see. Here we are. Just a minute now till I find the light switch. Nice bright place. There. How do you like it, Lamont? Like it? I think it looks terrible. Well, of course, the place needs redecorating. Yes, and badly. Well, look at the holes in the wall. What caused that? Well, the previous tenant was Dr. Destrup. He's a chemist. He used this apartment as a kind of a laboratory. The holes are from some of his apparatus. Oh, I see. Well, what do you think, Lamont? Well, if you want it quiet, you certainly got it here. Yes, and it's always like this. Always nice and quiet. <laughs> What's that? I don't know. <laughs> Someone thinks something is funny, all right. Well, listen to him. <laughs> that doesn't sound like... <laughs> Come on, Margo. I'm going to see what this is all about. There, Lamont. Across that door still. Dr. Lorenz. Here, give me a hand. His body's so tense. He had a convulsion or something. Let's turn him over. There we are. Oh, oh his face. His face, Lamont. Margo, get hold of yourself. Oh, but his face, Lamont, it's all twisted up as though we were laughing. Well, don't look at it, Margo. What are we going to do? Oh. There's nothing we can do now. This man is dead. makes you think Dr. Lorenz was murdered, Cranston? I don't know, Commissioner Weston. Just a hunch. Well, there's not a mark of violence on the body. Well, if you'd heard that terrible laugh, Commissioner, you'd think something was wrong, too. Miss Lane, I'm sorry. I didn't hear the laugh. But even if I had, there's still not a bit of evidence here. Not a single clue to indicate murder. Well, Commissioner... All right, all right. Now, you, you, uh... Lascom is my name. Oh, uh, Lascom. Now, what do you know about this? I told you Nothing. I was showing Mr. Cranston and Miss Lane that apartment when it happened. Uh, did the dead man, Dr. Lawrence, have any enemies, Lascom? No, not that I know of. Who was the man who occupied that apartment Miss Lane was thinking of renting? Dr. Destroff, but I told you that, Commissioner West. Ah, Destroff and Lawrence. Yeah. Now I remember those names. They're partners. They own a big chemical laboratory. Didn't you know that? You didn't ask me. I didn't ask you. Uh, why did Destroff move out of his apartment? He had a big argument with his partner, Dr. Lorenz, about two weeks ago, and he moved out the next day. Then he's the one who must have done it. Done what, Miss Lane? Murdered Dr. Lorenz. Miss Lane, as yet I'm not convinced that Lorenz has been murdered. In the second place, from what your cab driver, Shrevey, says, no one has come in or out of this house. Well, maybe he's still here, then. Miss Lane, my men have searched this house from top to bottom. Well, I still could. and please. I understand, Commissioner. Come on, Margo. You're going home. Commissioner. Oh, yes, Doc. What is it? How long ago was this man supposed to have died? Well, we heard the laugh and then the sound of a body falling about an hour ago. For my examination, you couldn't have. What? Huh? Are you trying to tell us that we're hearing things? Well, all I can say is it's all pretty strange. What do you mean, Doctor? Well... The body was as stiff as a board when I examined him. Rigor mortis is so far advanced, you couldn't possibly have heard him laugh tonight. What? According to my examination, Dr. Lorenz has been dead for 24 hours. Oh. 
way the medical examiner talked, you think we didn't know what we were doing, Lamont. How could the man be dead and laugh? The laughing corpse. It is pretty strange, Margot. I think Commissioner Weston ought to get a new medical examiner. That's what I think. Well, Margot, you remember when I went to turn Dr. Lawrence over, I remarked that the body was stiff. And it does look as if he'd been dead for some time. But that terrible laugh, Lamont. What of that? I don't know, Margot. And Lorenzo's face was contorted as though we'd been laughing. Margot, I believe it was Lawrence that we heard. Why do you say that, Lamont? Now, look at this. Why, it's a little box. Looks like a jewel box. Yes. Read what's written inside the cover. You will laugh, but not from joy. You will laugh, and the laugh will be the laugh of death. Lamont. I found this little box lying in the floor near Lorenz's body before Weston came. What do you suppose was in it, Lamont? I don't know, Margot. But I'm going to find out. The Shadow is going to pay a visit to Dr. Destro's laboratory tonight. Perhaps there I shall find the solution to the mystery of the laughing corpse. What do you want of me? Have you ever heard this phrase before? You will laugh, but not from joy. You will laugh, and the laugh will be the laugh of death. Uh, where did you hear that? The shadow has ways of finding things out, Dr. Destroff. You'd better tell me what you know of the laughing death. The laughing death? Here, tell me, shadow. Has it already happened? Is Lorenz dead? It won't do you any good to pretend innocence. Lorenz was murdered earlier this evening. Uh, how did he die? Tell me, I must know. You know how he died. Yes, yes, I know. I know how he died, just as the notes warned us. The notes? Then you, too, have received a note? Not since last year. Uh, so he has made good his threat. Oh, Destroff. Uh, I'd better tell you everything, Shadow. Seven years ago, there was another partner in this laboratory besides myself and Destroff. A man named Vitor. He was incompetent, a drunkard. When Lorenz and I perfected a new formula, we refused to give him a share of the profits. Go on. After heated words, we dissolved the partnership with Vitor. Then Lorenz and I opened a new laboratory by ourselves. You threw him out? Uh, call it that if you will. He only hindered us. He was ruined. No money, no credit. And he was really a brilliant chemist, but undependable. It was impossible for him to get work. What happened to him? That we do not know. He came to us and begged to be taken back, but we refused. Lorenz laughed at him, and I suppose I did too. He was so ridiculous. Vitor threatened you? Yes, with the laughing death. Each year a note has come with the same words. You will laugh, but not from joy. You will laugh, and the laugh will be the laugh of death. I see. Why did you and Lorenz quarrel? Why did you move from your apartment? Oh, you know that too. Yes, Destroff, I know. Well, you see, Lorenz took the threat seriously, and I did at first. But after nothing happened for so many years, I, I thought it was just, well, uh, a means of annoyance. And this year, no note came. And Lorenz was very much upset and worried. He believed it meant that Vitor would strike. And you? Well, I laughed at the whole idea. I told Lorenzo that if he wanted to go the rest of his life fearing a foolish threat, he could. But I refused to bother about it anymore. This led to words and I left in anger. I see. Uh, where does this other partner live? Oh, why, I think that he... Oh, what is this? Oh, I did not notice it before. A small package addressed to me. My assistant must have put it on my desk earlier and I had not noticed it. Uh, don't touch that box. Why? It looks like a little jewel box. A tiny box similar to that one was found next to Lorenz's box. Oh, yes? 
What was in it, Shadow? Nothing, Dastroff. Except that threat written on the inside cover. Oh, now surely the words cannot hurt me. There may have been something in the box when Lawrence opened it. Oh, now, Shadow, my scientific curiosity will not permit me to allow this box to go unopened. I have rubber gloves on it. If it contains some strange type of poison, it, it cannot possibly hurt me. Deathstroke, I'm warning you. Oh, now, Shadow, I must open it. There, there seems to be a little push button here. There. It's empty. Oh, wait. Here's a message written on the inside. You will laugh, but not from joy. You will laugh, and the laugh will be the laugh of death. The same note that Lorenz received. Yes. Destructor, your life is in danger. You must tell me where Vito lives. Yes, yes. Before he can complete his revenge. I think that he leaves. I... <laughs> I think... <laughs> Where should I put these bundles, Miss Lane? Oh, just set them down anywhere, Shreve. I'll put them away when the rest of the furniture comes. Okay, Miss Lane. Well, don't drop them right in the middle of the room, Shrevey. Well, you said just to put them down anywhere, you said. Well, I meant out of the way, over there in the corner someplace. Okay. Hey, what do you got in these packages, handbills? Just odds and ends, Shrevey. There, how's that? That's fine. Now, is there anything else in your cab? Yeah, Miss Lane, a few more odds and evens. Mr. Clancy's bringing them up. Hey! Oh. Open the door a little wider, someone. I can't get through. All right. How's that? Uh. What have you got in these bundles, Marco? They ain't anvils, they ain't. What? Put them down tomorrow before he drops them. Yeah, not in the center of the room, Mr. Cranston. Out of the way, in the corner there. Shrevey, will you stop giving orders and do some work around here? Certainly. What could I do? What could I? Well, there isn't anything else to do until the rest of the stuff gets here. I should have been here an hour ago. Hey, you want I should go back to the old apartment and get them moving faster, you want? That might be a very good idea, Shrevey. Okay, I'll do it. I'll tell them a thing or two. I'll teach them a lesson they'll soon forget. Well, don't get too rough with us moving men, Shrevey. Remember the iron hand and the velvet glove. Well, I'll look what? Oh, never mind, Shrevey. Hurry them up. The iron hand and a velvet glove. I guess that's a puzzle. <laughs> well, Margo, you thought of everything except one thing. What? What are you going to sit on while you wait for the movers to get here? Oh, I'll be too busy to sit down, Lamont. But you know, now that I'm here in this apartment, I'm not very keen on it. You're not? No. Well, isn't that just like a woman? <laughs> what about the high ceilings and the glorious view of the river? Oh, that's all right, Lamont, but... Well... This place gives me the creeps. I can still hear the sound of that horrible laugh. First you tell me you don't like the apartment, and then you persuade me to move here. Well, Margot, the reason I wanted you to rent this apartment is I believe that the solution to the laughing corpse may still be here. Well, that isn't going to make me feel any better about living here. Has the police found anything new, Lamont? No. A report from the medical examiner on Destroff's death was the same as for Lawrence. Death from causes unknown. And there was nothing in the little box when Destrop opened it? Not a thing, except that note. Here, look for yourself. Oh, yes. It's exactly like the little box you found in Lorenzo's apartment. How do you open it, Lamont? Here, give it to me. See, you press this little button here in the center. Oh! What's the matter, Lamont? I break my finger on something sharp when I press the button. That's it, Margot. What? That must be the way the poison was administered. After Destro pressed the button to open the box, he started to laugh. Oh, Lamont, then you... Yes, a drug. Now I've got it, too. Oh, no, Lamont. Well, nothing's happened to me yet. Why did you break the box open, Lamont? See here, Margo. A tiny hypodermic needle concealed in the cover. When the button is pressed, the person pushing the button is given a dose of poison in the fingertip. Oh, Lamont, come on. I must get you to a doctor. Wait a minute, Margo. That won't be necessary. I'm going to be all right. But you... The needle must have been empty, Margo. Destroff got it all. Oh, thank heavens. You're all right. Margo, where's your phone? I've got to call Commissioner Weston immediately. The phone? Well, it hasn't been installed yet, Lord. Oh, well, I'll go to the corner of the phone. Come in. I just came up to tell you, Miss Lane, that the decorators are coming in tomorrow. I'll see you later, Margo. All right, Lamont. The decorators want to know if 8 o'clock will be all right with you. Oh, yes, that'll be fine, Mr. Laskin. Thank you. Oh, there was something else I wanted to ask you about. The plumbing in the kitchen doesn't work very well. And do you think that... For Mr. Laskin? What's the matter? Where did you get this little box? Well, I, I don't see that that's any business of yours. Perhaps it is. More than you know. 
tell me? Let go of my arm. What do you know? I'll scream for help. Go ahead, scream. No one will hear you. We're quite alone here. You. You're the killer. You killed Lorenz and Destro. Well, suppose I did. You know now, but it won't do you any good to know you're going to die. No! Oh, go ahead. You're frightened, aren't you? In a moment, you'll think it's very funny, yes. Very humorous. Please, you'll laugh, yes. You'll laugh. Oh, no. And you will die laughing. Please, Mr. Lockham. I've never done anything to you. No, you and your friend, Mr. Cranston, know too much, Miss Lane. You wanted to catch me, make me pay for my crime. I would never have suspected you if you hadn't given yourself away. <laughs> That's most unfortunate for you, Miss Lane. What do you mean? You see, I brought you down here to my laboratory in the basement to kill you. Oh, no. Don't be unhappy. You laughed as you never laughed before. Oh, you can't. I'm preparing my secret formula. The laughing death. Oh, no, now, please. One for you and one hypodermic for your friend, Mr. Cranston. Please, I promise I'll never say anything. Too bad I can't believe that. It won't do you any good to try to get loose. I took the precaution of finding you very tightly. Now, now everything's ready. No. No, don't come any closer. Prepare yourself, Miss Lane. It won't hurt very much. And you'll be so happy. So happy. You will laugh and laugh and laugh and then you will die. Something knocked a hypodermic needle from my hand. This is the end of your evil work, Bascom. That voice. The shadow, thank heaven. So you were the third partner, Bascom. Yes. I was in partnership with Lorenz and Destro. Now I'm the only one alive. They ruined me. They took everything from me. You're out of your mind, Lascom. You blame them for your own faults. No. No, they caused my downfall, so I killed them. You vowed to revenge yourself. You came here, got yourself a job as superintendent in the same building in which they lived. Yes. I disguised myself. They never recognized me. You have a brilliant mind, Lascom. It's a great loss to civilization that you couldn't have used it for good instead of evil. The police will soon the police. be here. Will never get me. Shadow, stop him. He has another needle ready with the poison. Stop, Lescom. Stop, I say. Too late, Shadow. I've already administered the drug to myself. At least, I have the last laugh. Margot, the plan was devilishly well executed. Well, how did you know where I was, Lamont? When I came back to the apartment after calling Weston, you were gone. I figured you were with the superintendent. You remember he came in just before I went out. Yes, Lascomo, whatever his name was. His real name was Vitor. Vitor disguised himself and took the job here as superintendent of the building so he could watch his enemies, Destroff and Lorenz. That's right, Margot. And he sent them the little boxes with the hidden hypodermic needles filled with the laughing death. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, Lamont, just the memory of that terrible laughter makes my blood run cold. And the look on Lorenzo's face when we found him. Margot, we didn't really hear him laugh. What? Well, if that wasn't a laugh, what was it? Well, you see, the poison in the hypodermic needle was very potent and worked very rapidly. It caused a sort of convulsion that sounded like laughter. Well, if you're trying to tell me that the victims didn't enjoy themselves, you needn't go any farther. (laughs) Is that why the medical examiner thought that Lorenz had been dead for some time when he examined him? Yes, the poison caused a sudden contraction of the muscles, a sort of pseudo-rigor mortis. What? Pseudo-rigor mortis. Oh. If you think I understand what you're talking about, you're crazy. <laughs> I'll answer it, Margaret. Hello, Mr. Cranston. Hello. Hello, Shreevy. Oh, Shreevy, is everything all set? In the bed. Yeah, I mean, uh, yes, Miss Lane, all set. Oh, come on, Lamar, let's go. Go where? We're going to look at a new apartment for me. New apartment? Well, you don't suppose I'm going to live in this place after what's happened here? Yeah, we're moving. What, again? That's the same thing I said, Mr. Cranston. Ain't women... Shreevy? Oh, Miss Lane, I was only about to comment, uh, ain't women wonderful. (laughs) I got out of that one all right. Easily four Othels here for me. What did you guys think? Was the a, a better shadow? Is this a better Miss Lane? Was the crazed scientist with his laughing death a precursor to the Joker? Why don't you come over to the Facebook group and let me know. I'd love to hear your thoughts.
thanks everyone for your patience as Lydia and I get our schedules in order, and of course, thank you for all the downloads. For me personally, it's a pleasure for me to bring you these radio shows every now and again. If you do enjoy them, you know, don't wait for me. They're out there all over the web, and every one of them are worth a listen. All right, well, thank you for listening, and we will talk to you next time. Bye.